Good morning. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, the hospitality of this congregation has been quite stunning, so thank you very much. Let me pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. Amen. So when my daughter Maisie was four years old, there were two things that she absolutely loved. Well, besides her mommy and sometimes her daddy when I wasn't putting her to sleep, the two things she loved were Pink and Dora. Now, by Pink, I don't mean Pink, the punk pop star that you can hear on the radio. I mean the color Pink. And life could be no better than when Maisie was draped from head to toe in Pink and doing the second thing she loved, watching the children's cartoon, Dora the Explorer. Now, if you've never seen Dora the Explorer, you have no idea what you're missing. It's a show about a little girl and her best friend named Boots, who naturally is a monkey who wears boots, and they go on shape and number adventures. Now, there's a villain in this drama, as there must be in all great dramas, and that villain is Swiper the Fox. And Swiper's job is to keep Dora and Boots from fulfilling their mission, trying to swipe them from actually getting what they need to get. Now when Swiper shows up, Dora tells all the little boys and all the little girls watching that she needs their help. That she needs them to say with her three times, Swiper no swiping, Swiper no swiping, Swiper no swiping. I'm actually tempted to have you do it with me. I'm gonna do it, ready? Swiper no swiping, swiper no swiping, swiper no swiping. Now after the third, almost like magic, swiper is thwarted. And all he can do is, in response is say, aw man. And off swiper goes, gone. And Dora and Boots can continue their mission. And when they complete it, at the end of the 22 minutes, they sing and dance and say, we did it, we did it, we did it. And Maisie, when she was four, would join them dancing in her pink sweatsuit. In our passage today, Jesus is on a mission of his own, a mission to bring forth the kingdom of God. And on his way, he gets word from the Pharisees that Herod, the ruthless king of the area, is on to him. That Herod is worried that Jesus may be a threat to his own power. The Pharisees encouraged Jesus to flee, to find a safe place, to hide, to stop his work and save himself, to retire maybe just for a little bit. But Jesus is not only not worried, he calls Herod that fox. Herod is coming with force. Herod is ready to kill, but Jesus is unwilling to run. Tell that fox, he says, tell that fox, Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, no swiping. And like the cartoon fox, Herod is after swiping something from Jesus. Like the cartoon fox, Herod wants to keep the power, wants to keep Jesus from fulfilling his mission. Herod wants his own kingdom to continue, swiping Jesus from bringing forth the kingdom of God. But Jesus, Jesus is unwilling to run because of his mission. Tell Herod is his response. Tell Herod, I cast out demons and I heal the sick. 
Tell Herod, Jesus is saying, I know foxes. I deal with foxes every day. I can fright Swiper at every turn. The foxes that swipe people's health, the foxes that swipe people's wholeness, the foxes that drive division in their person, I know foxes, Jesus is saying. Jesus' very ministry is one that places itself within the reach of foxes that swipe, of forces in the world that swipe. And we too, you and I, if we are honest, we know Swiper the Fox. We have had much swiped from us. Dreams, peace, hope, or health. And we've had that which once made us whole taken from us so suddenly. Our lives and our purpose so empty when a fox has come and swiped what once made us us, what made us whole. And don't we wish, don't we wish it was as easy on Dora that in the hospital room or in the divorce court or in the addiction center or the supervisor's office, we could just stop the words from coming out of their mouth and turn the whole situation around by just saying, swiper, no swiping, swiper, no swiping, swiper, no swiping. I'm sorry to tell you, sir, but the tests show, swiper, no swiping, swiper, no swiping, swiper, no swiping. Ma'am, we don't know where your son is. We think he's swiper, no swiping, swiper, no swiping, swiper, no swiping. But of course, that's all just fodder for children's shows. Just benign programming for children. Or is it? Jesus says to Herod the fox that he knows foxes, that every day he tangles with Swiper. And he will act. He will act today, he will act tomorrow, and Jesus will act forevermore. No force, no person will stop him. He will be found with all those who know what it means to have something, some love, some hope, some health, some dreams swiped from them. Jesus will risk all to be with those who are up against a fox. And while like Andorra, where it takes three chance to send Swiper away, Jesus tells his listeners that he too works in three, three epochs of time. Jesus is confronting Swipers that swipe today, Swipe tomorrow, and on the third day, he will finish his work. Today, this very day, Jesus is with and for you. Jesus is beside you as you bear your loss. As you stand with your hands empty and your heart broken, Jesus is found in despair, binding your life to his own, promising the blessing of the kingdom next to your despair. Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Jesus will be here as well. He promises his presence in what might be swiped today, but even tomorrow, even if tomorrow you face a new fox, even if tomorrow that call comes, even if tomorrow that lump appears, even if tomorrow the memory fails, remember your tomorrows are Jesus' own, and no fox can determine them. Even if tomorrow you're left empty-handed, Jesus will fill your hands with his own. But he will not stop here. No, he won't. On the third, on the third day, oh, the beautiful third day, Christian faith in many ways is nothing more than waiting for the third day. 
Christian faith is promised that the third day is coming because it is on the third day that Jesus is resurrected, that death, the great swiper, the ultimate swiper, is overcome. Jesus, he is telling that fox, Herod, that fox that threatens to kill him, that his kingdom and his action fears no death because his action transcends death. It breaks death. It extracts and sends the ultimate swiper of death running. Today, Jesus is found next to those that know what it means to be swiped. He is with you. He is with those that stand in tears and in fear. And tomorrow promises no shelter. Your life is always so close to brokenness and destruction. We fear our tomorrows. We fear for our futures, for our children's, for our children, for our retirement, for our safety. We fear foxes around every corner. But Jesus tells us not to fear. For in our tomorrows, in our fear of tomorrow, Jesus will be present. But how do we not fear? How do we concretely and directly take hope that these foxes can't swipe us? This is where we connect to Bonhoeffer's life together that you all have been reading. Bonhoeffer actually tells us how in his final chapter. Bonhoeffer writes this whole book in the middle of a great swipe. He writes it in his twin sister Sabine's empty house. Just days before Dietrich arrives to write this book, one morning his sister Sabine gets her children up and told them that they were headed to the store. She dresses them in three pairs of pants, puts on two jackets, and puts socks on top of socks. Of course, instead of going to the store, they take a train out of Germany, leaving the house as if they'll be back at noon, keeping from any suspicion. Sabine, Dietrich's sister, has married a man who has a Jewish mother, and he's already lost his university position, and now danger is looming. So to Switzerland they go, and from there to London. Now Dietrich sits and writes these words, this classic book in his twin sister's hauntingly empty house. Her family and her swiped from his side. So how does Bonhoeffer, what does Bonhoeffer write? What does he tell us to do? He tells us to confess, to turn to our brother, brothers and sisters, who like us are under the sign of the cross, who like us know what it means to be swiped, and we're to confess to them that we are broken, that we are in need, that we feel lonely and lost, that the place of our swiping thrives, throbs within us. We confess that we are under temptation to find someone to blame for our throbbing feeling of being without and not enough. We confess and as we do, we discover two things at once. First, we discover we're not alone and realize that in being not alone, we second realize that Jesus Christ is present with us. At the place of our brokenness, then, we perform this confession not only by telling our brothers and sisters our stories of swipeness, but by coming to this table, by coming to the communion table, the table of the broken one, the one who feeds us with bread and wine that is his own body. We will partake in him who is taking what is dead 
and making it alive. Taking these elements into our own bodies, trusting that what has been lost, Jesus is giving back to us. So, as you come to this table today, take hope. Take great hope and bend your life in this meal toward the hope that the third day is coming. That the third day when Jesus finishes his work, it is coming. And when it comes, when it comes, there will be no more foxes. There will be no powers to swipe us of our humanity. There will be nothing to separate us. When Jesus is finished with his mission, we will sing and dance with all of creation, saying, he did it, he did it, he did it. On that third day, boxes will be caged and love will reign. Amen.